Good afternoon, Chico. Welcome to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm here to help you with taxes, finance, advice. I'm a great second opinion. I appreciate phone calls. Uh, tax season is starting. Some CPA offices are they're tax people, but they're real heavy into the accounting and the bookkeeping and the auditing. I've talked about that before. Every school district, the nonprofits, a lot of them, they, they have to have audits every year. My practice is a little bit different. I'm mainly slanted towards the tax planning and preparation. That's sort of my, uh, well, I can't really call it a specialty because I don't have like a designation. I don't think they issue a designation like tax expert, but I do concentrate on helping people with their taxes. And what's exciting for me is with the new tax law, it's a whole new ball game because there's a lot of new planning that can be done. So that's been kind of exciting for me ever since they passed the law right toward the end of last year, which made it difficult because it'd be nice to have had more than one week's notice to get everything sort of tidied up for 2017. But in most cases, it worked out fine. Some of the laws do hurt some people, but it's just you just have to realize that not everybody would make out in this new law equally. There's going to be some that are hurt, some that aren't, because there's so many different scenarios. One example I just found out in my learning of the new law, and there's nothing that can be done about it, there's a thing called a carryback where let's just say your business loses a lot of money in one particular year. But two years ago, your business made a lot of money and paid a lot of tax. The law works to where you can take that loss that you just incurred and you can do what's called a carryback and you carry back that loss to the return from two years prior and get a big tax refund based on the new income on the old return is now lower. So that's sort of something that's been around forever. This new law, unfortunately for one of my clients, wiped out the carryback of net operating losses starting in the 2018 year. I'm still learning to make sure exactly what's going on with this, but unfortunately for some people, that could hurt them. But like I say, out of all the clients I take care of, there's, a would say, two or three that I know of that are going to be harmed by the new tax law. But I think there's probably the other few hundred are going to get help. So I'm kind of happy just in general that most people are going to get help from this new tax law. So I'm not going to be really complaining about it. I will complain the fact that they they really should pass this before the last week of the end of the year. That that makes it a little bit hard and a little bit stressful. What I wanted to talk about first today was when I when I talk to people and I realize like for instance, I was on the phone with a client who's very they're very aware of things. They listen to a lot of good news and they keep up with things. But I mentioned to them about a Department of Justice report that's coming out. I believe it's supposed to come out either today or I thought it was yesterday, but yesterday it fell on a holiday. And this person who is pretty knowledgeable and listens to a lot of news was not aware of this report. So I thought to myself, if that person who I thought was pretty pretty well-versed, pretty knowledgeable, if that person hadn't heard of this report, think of how many other people haven't heard of this report. And if the news of this report doesn't show up on Fox News or CNN or CBS News, which I'm guessing it won't, that means that there's probably 99 out of 100 people who will never hear about this. So... I'm not here to really talk about the report itself. I'm going to mention it. But what I've decided to do at the first few minutes of the broadcast here today is to give you a short, very short list of some of the places that I get my daily news 
So I feel like I'm going to be fairly well informed. In other words, anybody can get their news from the basic CNN, NBC, the radio, you know, that hourly top of the news thing. That's kind of standard stuff. I wanted to just give the listeners a chance to take a look at a few places that will give you a different spin, a little bit of a different definition of the news. Mostly the financial news. This is, after all, the business buzz, and I'm a CPA, and that's what I'm here for. But these places also can give you news about other things that aren't necessarily strictly business. They talk about investments. They talk about political news. Not necessarily on the way CNN and Fox seem to battle things out. Over the years, one of my main things has been I take pride in the fact that I have given people alternative ways to look at things, and this is part of that. So I'm just going to give you a short little list of things that I look for when I'm looking at the news, and this way you can get a more well-rounded view of what it is we're all hearing about and talking about. I'll start off with my favorite news website that I do go to every day. I've mentioned it here numerous times, zerohedge.com, Z-E-R-O-H-E-D-G-E.com. It has probably eight or ten headlines a day at least of major news stories. For instance, lately it came up right away with the thing about the Hawaiian false alarm air raid scare they had the other day, things like that. So whenever I get up in the morning and I first start looking at the news, I do go to Zero Hedge first because, number one, if there's a breaking news event like a terrorist attack somewhere, they're usually right on it. Number two, there'll be stories about things that you won't catch in the main mainstream news. Like I was saying, this Department of Justice report it obviously wasn't in the mainstream news because these people that I talked to had not heard of it. So that, I think, is important. Now, there's a couple of commentators that I think are very knowledgeable. They're smart. They'll give you a little bit of a different view of the news stories that you're hearing during the day. These are a couple names. The way I watch these guys and the way I listen to them is I go to YouTube and I just look at their channel because they put out videos. The first one I'm going to tell you about, he puts videos out once or twice a day. But the good thing about his is they're short and they're concise and they're usually just talking about investments. But he gets a little bit political, but not really. His name is Gregory Manorino, M-A-N-N-A-R-I-N-O. Anybody interested in the stock market, the bond market, the safety of your investments, what your broker's putting you in in your IRA and your investment accounts. I recommend that you give a listen once in a while to Gregory Manorino. Like I say, he posts usually, he'll post one about 10 or 11 a.m. He's on the West Coast, and then he'll post another one, I think, like at 2 p.m. after the close of the market. Because back east they close at 4, but it's 1 o'clock here. I recommend you listen to him. And I'm going to talk a little bit later today about some of the things he's been saying lately that is very interesting. The other name I look at on YouTube is a guy named Gerald Salente, C-E-L-E-N-T-E. I believe his channel is called G. Salente on YouTube, so you can find him there. He posts one maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. But he, what it's kind of funny because he's got a like a nice-looking bar that he's standing behind. And he I know he lives in a historical area of New York. He's in like an old building from the 1700s. He, what he does is he brings out a stack of newspapers, like the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Financial Times. And he goes through and he makes commentary about the articles that are in the paper that day. I find it very entertaining Actually, you can laugh at this sometimes. He makes comments. I won't always recommend this for the feeble with this Salente guy because it may be that he uses a little bit of off-color language in his sort of humor commentary. So if you're a 
family person that doesn't want to hear any kind of off-color at all, you probably should ignore this Gerald Salente guy because he does say that, and I forgot about that when I put him on my list. But if you want some good financial news and some entertaining commentary, I recommend that you at least look at him once in a while to get a little bit of a different perspective on the news. The other topic that I've been searching lately in my daily, when I get a little time to read some news and sit down at lunch with my lunch at work or something and read a little news, I do go to YouTube quite a bit for these things because everybody's posting on there and keeping things up to date. The other thing you might want to search to just look into and learn a little bit about and listen to some comments is a phenomenon lately, and the name is QAnon. It's either one word, Q-A-N-O-N, or you could also search Q space A-N-O-N. It's a mystery poster who's been putting things on the internet that seem to be very prescient as far as predicting the future. And people are speculating who this QAnon person is. As in, is this guy a White House insider? Is it Trump himself? Is it some guy from the NSA that's trying to buck the system a little bit and get the word out of what's coming? I just find it very interesting, and there's a lot of people on YouTube who are posting their commentary on what QAnon meant by his latest posts. I don't dig and read and discover these posts. I just let these YouTubers fill me in on what they're saying it might be and what he said lately. I don't have time to dig, and I don't care to be a true researcher. But I think you might find it interesting if you go to YouTube and listen to a few of the commentaries regarding QAnon and what his latest posts have been. Now, that's my little summary just to help you guys if you're interested in learning a little more sometimes for searching out the news and making sure you have more than one, uh, make sure you have more than one side of every story because there always is more than one side. And keep in mind, I'm not an investment advisor, nor do I play one on television. So I want to make sure everybody knows that anytime I talk about investing or ideas or reasons why you should diversify, I'm not an investment advisor, but I just report on what I do and I'm just trying to educate people. I'm not trying to advise them as to where they should put their money. I've got some real interesting news this week to share with you. I've got a few articles I'm going to summarize here for you. I would say the biggest one and the one that got me thinking the most over the last few days was the article entitled... As no one watched, Trump pardoned five megabanks for corruption charges. And I did see this first on Zero Hedge, but it's actually from a place called the Free Thought Project. And the disturbing thing about this is, and I've said this before, if President Trump is playing 4D chess, I hope he gets something done before his term ends because this is not a fast way to do it. To make a long story short, these giant banks that get fined in the billions for their crooked ways had a bunch of fines and penalties forgiven by Trump. And I'm not going to read this whole thing. It involves their involvement in what's called the LIBOR scandal. The LIBOR is the London International Bank overnight rate. Uh, inter, I'm sorry, the interbank overnight rate and what happens is I'm sorry the interbank offered rate uh, my mistake so LIBOR is a huge index that gets used all the time to set all the other loans it turns and this is just a real su summary this is not a detail at all but I've been reading about this for years it turns out that these big giant banks all work together to rig the LIBOR rate this ends up influencing everything from mortgage, mortgages to credit cards to uh, 
all kinds of dead instruments get measured based on the LIBOR adjustments that get made. These guys colluded to rig the LIBOR, which basically affected trillions of dollars of credit and loans all around the world. But the only thing that really happens is these big banks get a wrist slap and a fine. And does a fine of three, two or three billion really mean anything to these banks who have unlimited money available from central banks that are printing all the time? That's a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer it. The fines don't mean a thing, but just the idea that Trump forgave these loans. And in addition, one of the banks that he forgave is Deutsche Bank, of which Trump's business owes $130 million in mortgages. So after the break, I'm going to get back to a little bit more there. Business Buzz will return in just a minute, so stay tuned. Rock House Dining and Espresso is known for their patio. Enjoy the ducks and chickens visiting the patio in their environmental, farm-fresh, lively atmosphere. Rock House is an iconic landmark in Butte County since the 1930s. Seven minutes north of the Lime Saddle Bridge, only two miles past the hardware store. Originally built in 1937, the two buildings served as restaurant and tavern, shower house, barber shop, gas station, and cafe. Live music every Saturday night in the Fireside Room. All natural hot spice cider, mochas, cappuccinos, caramel macchiatos, and pumpkin pies made right here from fresh pumpkins. Kent Westfield, Christian singer-songwriter, is bringing acoustic music he's putting on his current album. Call before coming by for a list of live music at 532-1889. At Rock House Dining and Espresso on Highway 70 in Yankee Hill. Hi, this is Rob Walter, host of Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is a program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness and where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Join me at 7 a.m. on KKXX. Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. here on KKXX. Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA. We got some local business news first. And for one thing, like I say, on the we were talking about the Trump forgiving the banks there. I'm, I sort of realize that it sort of goes to show that no matter who's president, and I brought this up before when the subject of voting comes up, in my opinion, no matter who's president, it's kind of obvious who's running the show. I don't think any president, no matter who he is, could say no to those big banks. That's all, I, that's all I'll say about that subject, but I thought it was a little bit disappointing that he did that. But say la vie. Now, getting a little closer to home, I'd like to share some business news from the Chico ER. If you've already seen it, uh, bear with me. I won't spend a whole lot of time on each one. But one of the ones I thought was really cool was... The local business that has begun in Chico called RV Matchmaking. i got to see what the name of the business actually is. Oh, it's called RV Rental Connection. And it's a place like, you know, where Airbnb, you rent out your house. Well, RV Rental Connection, it looks like you sign up and you rent out your RV to people who want to rent an RV. What's really interesting is they don't charge commissions It's a $15 monthly charge without contracts, which means if it sounds like if you've got an RV and you want to rent it out now and then for $15 a month, you get yourself listed on this website and people who want to rent your RV can find you and it only costs you $15 a month. That's what it sounds like to me. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, The person who's running this business is named Bonnie Worthington. I have no idea where that's, whether that's a relative of Cal Worthington or not, 
I know he used to live somewhere in Butte County near Orland, but I thought that was really interesting. So that's a really good idea. And the fact that it has, the article also mentions, the fact that it has a flat rate monthly fee is kind of interesting. So there's no commissions to worry about. I would be curious, though, how it works with your insurance. So if you're going to rent out your RV to someone you don't know, I guarantee you need to talk to your insurance person first and make certain that you're covered, they're covered, and that you're not, like, giving up your insurance rights when you let somebody pay to rent your RV. I'm sure that's going to reclassify your vehicle as a business RV, and then you're probably going to pay more for insurance. I'm not sure, but... I would always recommend anybody, whenever you rent anything out or let anyone drive your vehicle for any reason, double-check with your insurance and make certain that they're covered. That sort of reminds me of another business topic. When I hire a new person, I a lot of times it's somebody who's worked, you know, it's somebody in their middle-aged person, maybe 40, 50. They've worked for 10 different employers in the past. And one of the first thing that happens is there'll be a day where that person can help me by taking the mail to the post office on the way home or maybe picking up some envelopes at the office supply store before they come into work, something like that. And I always make it a habit, and you should too if you're in business and you have employees, always make certain that you double check that their car is insured. There are cases, as in law school, I learned a lot of cases like this, and there would be a an employee on an errand for work, and let's say he runs somebody over in his car. Well, the plaintiff then would go to the employer to say, hey, that was your employee, and they ran me over. But the court case would hinge on now, was this person really working for the employer at the time? Or there's a word called, was he on a frolic? That old word frolic, which means you're goofing off. So I just think that's really interesting because when I have a new employee and I, when they, the first time that I ask them if they might run an errand like that, which I try not to do because it just isn't a good idea to have your business being around town with someone you might not know that well. The first thing they said was, yes, I have insurance, and they showed me that they had insurance. But then they said, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I thought, well, I'm a CPA who also went to law school. I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on TV, but I do have a law education, and that's one of the main things I always am careful of is anytime an employee is doing anything for me, whether it's in my car or their car, You've got to be careful. The number one problem is if something bad does happen, the plaintiffs look for who might be culpable. Who might they go to? They call it the deep pockets. Not that I'm some multimillionaire, but obviously I've got proper insurance and the whole bit. So that is one thing I do recommend. Don't ever let an employee take your car or drive their own car for you until you've verified that they're properly insured. And, of course, that they have a current driver's license. You can't let an employee that would have an expired license take your mail to the post office. If they were to hit somebody on the way, you might be in big trouble. And like I say, I'm not an attorney, so don't quote me, but it's better to be safe than sorry. That's one of the oldest maxims, and it's one of the most true. Now, that was uh, a little bit of Chico, Chico business news. Let's see what else is cooking. Oh. A little further from Chico, we'll, we'll spread it out a little bit. The Reading Kmart is closing. I've been to that Reading Kmart. A lot of Kmarts I go to, I do wonder why they're still open. They don't seem to be that busy, but I don't know. They all These big companies have their formulas, and they analyze each store, and they know which ones to close and why. So I'm not saying they shouldn't have, but it's just another kind of one of those two bad things when another brick-and-mortar retailer is going out. So the Reading Kmart is going by the wayside, unfortunately. Now, another, the next topic I want to start talking about today, because it's important to a lot of people, 
It should be important to you, or I guarantee it's important. If it isn't important directly to you, it's important to someone you know. This all has to do with the whole thing about promises. You know what promises are like. You have to rely on the other person to stick to their obligation. If someone promises to pay you a certain amount of money each month for the rest of your life, you can probably see where I'm going here. That's a promise, and hopefully they'll honor their side of the bargain. So this whole thing is, my whole subject today in this segment now is going to be just talking about the pension issue that I've brought up before. Related to that in a peripheral way is another thing that you probably won't hear on the news ever. China they China has a credit rating agency like we have S&P and I can't remember the name of the other big one, but oh, Dun & Bradstreet. They give credit ratings to like companies and governments. Well, China has a credit rating credit rating agency also. It's called, I don't know how to pronounce it, D-A-G-O-N-G. I'll just call it Dagong. They downgraded U.S. sovereign debt, which means U.S. treasury bonds and treasury bills. They've downgraded it. They've downgraded the U.S. credit from A- to BBB+. And this just happened yesterday. Citing deficiencies in U.S. political ecology and tax cuts that directly reduce the federal government's sources of debt repayment, weakening the base of the government's debt repayment. Oh, and and I'm quoting from this story. Oh, and just to make sure the message is heard loud and clear, the ratings, which are now level with those of Peru, Colombia, and Turkmenistan on the Beijing-based agency's scale of creditworthiness, have also been put on a negative outlook. So I'm not going to read this whole article. If you want to look it up, the title is called China Downgrades U.S. Credit Rating. And then it goes on and on, but you'll find it that way. I also found this on Zero Hedge again. So here we are, a nation that owes trillions and trillions of dollars. And we're getting our credit levels reduced. One thing that's interesting is back in, I believe, 2015, 15, there was a credit ratings downgrade. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. In 2011, the S&P was the only agency to infamously downgrade the U.S. to AA+, which is right below AAA. So where you want to be is AAA. In the U.S., the rating guys all have the U.S. Treasury debt as AAA, except S&P downgraded it to AA plus in 2011. We're going to get back to more of this. I don't want to confuse you, but it's going to directly hit home when I get around to the next story or two. So stay tuned to Business Buzz. We'll be right back. Praise the Lord. I'm Sharon Knotts inviting you to join me and my dad, R.G. Hardy, on The Sound of Faith, mornings at 10, here on KKXX. If you are drawn to inspirational preaching, informative in-depth teaching, and biblical perspectives to current issues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then Sound of Faith is perfect for you, because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 10 o'clock weekday mornings here on KKXX, Chico's Christian Radio. Hello, I'm Gary Crossland. Everything in the Old Testament points forward to Jesus. Everything in the epistles points backward to Jesus. That's why I encourage people to read the words of Jesus every day. This is where emotional and spiritual health come from. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Well, where do you read his commandments? But in the Gospels. Now, I know that it's easy to get a little confused when jumping between one Gospel and the next, which is why I wrote the Merged Gospels. It's where all four Gospels are literally translated from the Greek, broken down word by word, and merged back together into one beautiful chronological story with not one word of scripture removed. You can't buy it in stores. It's available only online at mergedgospels.com. It's great for new believers, for personal devotions, and for group studies. There's also an audiobook. 
And as always, you get to name the price. Just go to mergedgospels.com. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA, here guiding you through the world of Chinese downgrades and U.S. debt and a few other things. Now, speaking of the whole pension front, I've told you before, pensions like CalPERS, CalSTRS, even Social Security, all these pension funds have all these investments, and the theory is the money they take in plus the return on their investment with that money that they hold will yield enough of a return to where they can afford to pay out all these pension benefits for the next hundred years. Here's the problem. Most of these models require a seven to seven and a half percent return. And over the last 10 years, the major pension funds have been averaging about four and a half which means they have to start going to riskier and riskier investments in order to make that 7% return. 20 years ago or whenever interest rates were normal, they could invest in U.S. Treasuries and earn 6 or 7% normally on average over the last 50 years. But now these Treasuries are only yielding 2.5%. So there's no way that these pensions can safely make 7%, and that's the problem. I'm going to briefly touch on an article called Canadian Pensions Eager to Re-Risk After Rule Change Allows Greater Speculative Bets. In Canada, the pension plans have been allowed to fund with more risky investments. And it says... The change will make higher-yielding investments like alternatives more popular among Canadian institutional investors as more money will be freed up for riskier investments with the potential for higher return. Now they're talking about infrastructure and real estate and all these things. And the funny part of this article is it's basically just saying this is crazy, but the very last line of the article says which presumably means that the retirements of thousands of Canadians are about to be invested in Ripple. And Ripple, no, it's not the wine. It's the cryptocurrency called Ripple. So that's just kind of a joke about how great pension funds are now going to start investing in cryptocurrencies, as an example. That was a little bit of an exaggeration. But like I say, I'm always making sure that I'm helping you to at least look at the options you have to protect your money. If your only retirement is Social Security and a pension, then you better make darn sure, number one, that you keep receiving that amount, and number two, that the, say, let's just use the figure 3000 a month. Number two, make sure that the 3000 a month you're going to be getting five years from now can buy you enough groceries and rent and gas to live because if inflation goes real high three thousand dollars won't go nearly as far as it does now the last article i mentioned was talking about canadian pensions and so you may be thinking oh well that's canada that's not here well i've got another article for you and it's called wait till you hear the title of this one especially for all the retired people listening right now Social Security proposes, quote, immediate and permanent reduction, end quote, in benefits. And this is from a website called SovereignMan.com. And it says right here, uh, first he, uh, he equates it to a supernova blowing up. And then he goes on to say, consider the exploding star of Social Security, one of the largest and most important pension programs in the world. Literally tens of millions of people depend on it. 
The Social Security Administration itself reports that 62% of recipients rely on the program for at least half of their income. And further research by the Senate Center on Budget and Policy Priorities shows that without Social Security, 22.1 million Americans would fall below the poverty line. Think about that. That's about seven, six or seven percent of the entire population. Then he goes on to say, needless to say, major cuts to the program would have nuclear effects. And yet, year after year, the Social Security Board of Trustees publishes an annual report that describes the program's terminal financial challenges in excruciating detail. They mince no words in plainly stating that Social Security pays out far too much money and takes in far too little. According to the 27 trustee, 2017 Trustees Report, I was getting ahead of myself, Quote, trust fund reserves become depleted in 2035. And then he goes on to, this article goes on to say, they're practically giving us a date that we can circle on a calendar and mark end of Social Security. The trustees go on to lightly propose solutions, including an, quote, immediate and permanent reduction in benefits to all current and future Social Security recipients. And in case you're wondering who these whack job trustees are, they include the Treasury Secretary of the United States, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, and the Secretary of Labor. These aren't just random people. We're talking about politicians at the highest levels of government who are telling us that Social Security is running out of money and calling for an immediate and permanent cut in benefits. And it goes on to say, sadly, this is not a new problem. The trustees have been screaming for years that Social Security's finances are unsustainable. And part of it is here, he says, people are living longer than ever before. The average life expectancy of the U.S. is a full 18 years longer than it was when Social Security was conceived back in the 1930s. This means that Social Security will have to pay out more money to more recipients for much longer than they've ever had to pay before. So you can see how the math works. It's not, uh, it's not a, uh, it's not a sure thing that Social Security can even survive, and it's going to turn out where the amount coming in is going to be less than the amount going out because as our population ages, there's less people working and less people paying into the Social Security system. So that is my little take on the American side of that whole pension problem for today. I. And like I say, I'm just trying to make sure everybody's aware that no matter what happens, there's always some risk in some of the things that are going on. And that is just kind of scary. If Social Security were to like go under, number one, they might have to cut everybody's benefits. And number two, if the dollar is declining in value, then your dollars that you do get buy you less than they used to that's the problem. If you had Social Security paying you, say, $2,000 a month 30 years ago, that's probably the equivalent of $6,000 a month now. But if you've got a retiree who's, in his in his who's 90 years old, he might only be receiving now eight or $900. But what does eight or $900 buy these days? Uh, you know, an apartment rent in Chico now is... I'm guessing at least six or seven hundred at the low end, and eight or nine wouldn't get you groceries on top of rent. So that's just that's just my take on what is the just the danger, the danger of not being prepared. And at the end of the program today, I'll re-mention the way you can ensure that at least you won't lose all of your purchasing power with the money that you've got. Now the other story about the dollar. Remember I. I've talked about this before, and it ties in with what I just mentioned about inflation, eating up your pension, even if your pension continues. I've mentioned the fact that Venezuela has been having hyperinflation, which means that their currency is going down, down, down. What it is is there's a website called Dolar Today, D-O-L-A-R Today. I believe I've read some articles. I don't have one handy right this minute. I've read some articles where dollar today is officially illegal to look up if you live in Venezuela. Why would they make it illegal for somebody to look up a conversion of 
Bolivars is the name of their dollar. Bolivars versus dollars in Venezuela. Here's the reason why it's illegal. The government wants the people there to think that the real rate is the one you see quoted on the currency rate websites. And I looked that up, and it appears right now that the Bolivar and the official rate is worth about nine cents, I believe. But in the real world of the black market, in other words, where the real conversions happen, according to this, one dollar will buy you 182,000 Bolivar. So the bottom line is that just like in Germany in the early 1920s, the local currency, if you live in Venezuela, has basically gone worthless. You can't count on it. So if your pension is coming in at 50,000 bolivars a month, well, now the conversion to a dollar because the bolivar is worth so little is only going to get you a fourth of a dollar per month. It's a complete disaster. And there's, I know their stores have empty shelves. They have complete misery down there. And a large part of it's to do with this hyperinflation. My other point about that is we are living in a system that appears to be somewhat solid still here because our stock market's up. The interest rates are staying low, which is keeping house prices up. What's interesting is that this year of 2018 so far, the stock market has set new records, I believe. I'm not sure about today. I haven't looked at it. I believe every day except one in 2018 has set new records on the stock market. Part of that is because the interest rates have been staying low. What's interesting is it appears that by watching the stock, the, I'm sorry, by watching the bond market action, it appears that every time there's a drop in the bond value, which means a rise in the interest rate, they work opposite of each other. If interest rates rise, bond values drop. It appears that some entity is buying the bond market every time it begins a sell-off. What that means is every time the interest rate starts heading higher, somebody is buying billions and billions of dollars worth of bonds to keep the interest rates lower. I'll ask you again, because I brought this up before, if the Federal Reserve's stated target is a 2% inflation per year, and a 30-year U.S. Treasury bond is offering you, I believe, I don't know, something like 2.9%, how many people do you think are really going to invest 2.8% when they're going to lose 2% of it to inflation? I'll be right back after the break to go a little further into this phenomenon. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. Teach the whole gospel. This is Ken Ham, author, speaker, and blogger on science and the Bible's reliability. Many professing Christians can't properly explain the gospel to others. In fact, many believe that other religions can lead to salvation. What can we do to help correct their misunderstandings? Well, we need to teach the gospel, the whole gospel. We tend to focus on Jesus' death or his resurrection, and that's great, but we should also teach the gospel starting in Genesis. Explain that God created a perfect world, but we rebelled against him, and the just penalty for that sin is death. But Jesus came and died, taking that penalty of death upon himself. Now God can freely justify us who believe because of what Christ did in rising from the dead. Countless resources to help you combat biblical illiteracy are available at AnswersRadio.com. Browse over 10,000 free articles, videos, and books when you go to AnswersRadio.com.
Long-range missile reportedly fired this morning by Iran. 47,000 acres burned. The news lets you know what's going on in the world. But a few things you should know about most news outlets. They don't make money if they don't get good ratings. And they all know that bad news gets good ratings. A violent terror attack outside the So American the more they inflate the bad news, the more gripping a story can seem. Turn off all that bad news and tune in here. We have a positive approach to life and always good news. Listen here. You found Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Business Buzz is back. Harold Littlejohn, CPA. By the way, if you want to make a note, if you ever need a tax help, you need a second opinion, there's a lot of great CPAs in Chico. I hope I'm one of them. My number is 895-3353. You can call me. I offer a free initial consultation. And you can also email me, Harold at hlittlejohn.com. I noticed that last message from Life Radio mentioned the positive for Life Radio. Well, Think of it this way. The things that I'm telling you may seem negative on the surface, but the fact that you know them and you can start looking into them and being a little cautious with your investments and your money, well, that's a big positive. That's why I'm here. Now, I'm going to continue with another good article because what I was talking about before was would anybody in their right mind invest to earn 2.8% for 30 years when the government who issued that bond paying you 2.8% has promised to deflate your money by 2%. They're offering you a 0.8% return on investment for 30 years. Please give me a break. Nobody's buying these things. Somebody's buying them, but it's not the general public. It's not you and me. I know it's not me. Hopefully it's not you. Hopefully it's not your broker. Better give them a call and double check. Nobody can make a living that way. Number one, the 2% inflation target is, that's an announced target that they always have. But real inflation versus what they say is inflation can be a lot different. I've noticed just in a few items that I buy at the store I've noticed in the last just month or two, there's at least a 5 to 10% increase in a lot of the things that I've been buying for a long time. And I'm not saying that's, that's definitely not a scientific analysis, but you go to the grocery store and tell me that things haven't gone up more than 2% in the last 12 months, I'm pretty sure they have. And in my opinion, it's at least 5 to 10%. Who could be possibly buying all these bonds? Like I said... Who has an interest in keeping interest rates low? How about the government that owes $20 trillion? How about the government who has to pay out Social Security for the rest of everybody's life for the next 60 years? They're interested in keeping interest rates low. They are likely the ones buying these bonds. Whether it's reported that it's them or whether they're doing it through other countries buying, the chances are our own government is are buying these bonds. In that in that respect, I'm trying to say that the bond market is fake. The interest rates have been kept low for 10 years since the big crisis in 07, that's fake. And the stock market in my opinion is fake. And as long as it makes you money, it's working out okay, but be careful when somebody decides to let it go like they've done in 2000 and in 2008. If they decide not to prop it up tomorrow, it's going to fall. And so will your life savings. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm going to read you a quote and then I'm going to tell you who said it. The illusion of freedom will continue as long as it's profitable to continue the illusion. At the point where the illusion becomes too expensive to maintain, they will just take down the scenery, they will pull back the curtains, They will move the tables and chairs out of the way, and you will see the brick wall at the back of the theater. That's a quote I've read many times because a lot of people quote it in the articles that I read. And the person who supposedly wrote that was Frank Zappa, the musician from the late 1960s who was sort of an avant-garde 
musician, I believe, from the East Coast. Well, he lived in L.A., but I think he was from back east. I don't know that much about him. His band was called Mothers of Invention, and that was his quote, and I thought that's very interesting. And what I'm saying about the stock market, the bond market, all the markets is just kind of crazy. Even the cryptocurrency market, I noticed a headline here. It looks like Bitcoin might be under 10000 and I know about a month ago it was around 19000 so that's a 50% decline. One thing to remember, I'm not... I'm not recommending these cryptocurrencies, but it is a way if you're if you like the thrill of day trading like a gambler, it's got to be more fun than stocks. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. I've d- delved a little. My main point about those is that if you look back at the chart of Bitcoin, I believe it's had four or five declines of 90% or more in its short eight-year history. In other words, a 50% decline is not that uncommon. And that's why no matter what you're invested in, if you're up, you should take some profits. If your stock portfolio in your IRA is double what it was five years ago, why not move it over to the sidelines and enjoy the fact that you doubled your money? Why leave it sitting there like a sitting duck ready to be shot down by the next market downturn? That's just my opinion I'm not a financial advisor. I don't play one on television. But I do like to talk about these things, and I like to help people. And I like to tell them my opinion, and they can do their own research. It's called Do Your Own Due Diligence. It's like a footnote on all kinds of papers. There's a lot of papers you've probably signed in your life without reading the fine print. A lot of the fine print has the term Do Your Own Due Diligence. It's up to you to research. It's up to you to decide what your level of risk is. It's up to you to say, hey, Harold Littlejohn doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to totally ignore him, and I'm going with my broker's recommendations. That's just, that's your decision. Nobody else can do it for you. Now I'm going to read another little article, and it's again from my favorite author, Egon von Greyers, and its title this time is Governments and Central Banks Are About to Totally Lose Control. Ushering in $10,000 gold, $667 silver, and global panic. And remember, like I said, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just giving you a second opinion of the news that you've been reading, including the financial news. He says, the world is now between, I got to apologize, I don't know these characters, Scylla, S-C-Y-L-L-A, and Cherubdis, which means between two evils. Thus, there is no solution or positive outcome of the present state of the world economy. Scylla is the rock or the six-headed monster, while Cherubdis is a whirlpool or a black hole, a hard place. So he's talking about between a rock and a hard place. Since 2007, governments and central banks believe that they have made it through the Strait of Messina, passing through Scylla and Cherubdis, but sadly they are mistaken. I got to say, I learned something new today. I'm assuming that this old myth relates to between a rock and a hard place. So that's kind of cool. I'm glad I learned that. I'm going to continue. The world is still desperately trying to get through the inescapable passage that would lead to safety. By printing unlimited amounts of money and then doubling global debt, there is a general belief that the world has passed the dangers. But sadly, that is not the case. We are still in very dangerous waters. Will the world economy be trapped by the rock and incur damages that will have severe consequences for the world economy for years or even decades? Or will it be unlucky to be caught by the whirlpool or black hole of Charybdis, the hard place? Let's hope not, especially since that would be the end of the world as we know it for a very, very long time. In Greek mythology, Odysseus managed to pass by Scylla, according to Homer. So instead of losing everything... Odysseus just lost a number of the crew on his ship by being caught by Charybdis. Hopefully the world will be just as fortunate. I discussed the inevitable trends that the world would encounter last week in 2018. And I, and I read that to you guys also. Uh, returning to him, a final hurrah for stocks, a falling dollar, rising interest rates, and higher gold and silver prices, as well as higher commodity prices. Well, one week later, it is all happening. But this is just the beginning. 
We are now entering a period when governments and central banks will totally lose control of markets as their manipulation fails. Now, I'm going to interject here a little bit. The dollar has continued to decline in the last week again, and it's been going down quite a bit lately. He goes on, I have long maintained that the laws of nature will prevail and that the manipulation we have seen in markets in the last couple of decades would fail. In the last week, I had an experience that confirmed the power of the law of nature. This is a power that is so strong that once it is triggered, no government or central bank can stop it, regardless of how much fake news, trillions of dollars of money printing, or market manipulation they throw at the problem. And he goes on to talk about being in the Swiss Alps village of Zermatt at the base of the Matterhorn. And he says, for several days, we had a relentless snowfall not seen for decades. The snow blocked the access to the village, both by train and by road for many days. The force of this avalanche was of a magnitude that destroyed everything in its path. He says, this is exactly what we will experience in the world economy and financial markets in coming years. Most avalanches occur spontaneously due to the increased load of snow. Eventually, that last snowflake and the weight of the snow triggers the avalanche. Money printing, fake news, and government manipulation has temporarily managed to set aside the laws of nature, but eventually Mother Nature will have her way. And the truth is, is that a manipulative, a manipulative elite has managed to totally destroy the natural forces of the ebb and tide of markets. There are natural cycles in nature that move gently between peaks and troughs. These cycles are self-correcting without any human interference or manipulation. But there are times in history when mankind wants to play God and endeavors to set aside the laws of nature. This is what the world has experienced in the last 100 years with an elite interfering with the natural forces of supply and demand by manipulating the economy and financial markets. They have skillfully done this for a century without taking responsibility for the consequences. In the next few years, the world will experience the repercussions of the disastrous mismanagement of the world economy that governments and the elite have artificially constructed. And so he goes down uh, goes on to keep talking about that type of thing. I can't give you the whole thing. It's I don't want to bore you guys. But it basically says, And as the avalanche crushes everything in its path, it will pulverize the financial system, stock markets, bond markets, as well as all markets that have been inflated or manipulated by a crooked elite. This means that banks will either go bust or that the money will be worthless due to unlimited money printing. Stocks will go down by 90% or more in real terms. Bonds will be worthless. Social Security will not exist. Pensions will be wiped out. And property values will decline by 75 to 95% in real terms. Well, what does he mean by real terms? He means versus gold. And I'm just going to mention that I told you I would mention toward the end of the show a way you can insure yourself at least part of your retirement money, part of your nest egg you've saved, by investing in some physical gold to offset because gold is going to be most likely the only real asset that's going to keep its value when all these paper markets decline. My website, hlittlejohn.com, I have a blog, and I was looking at a blog post I had made. It's been a few months now, but it was when the Dow had hit 21,000. Now I believe it's at 25,000. When it had hit 21, it was at an all-time high. So what I did is I said, okay, in U.S. dollar terms, the Dow is at an all-time high. But what is the Dow at measured in terms of a real currency like gold? I looked up a chart that was the Dow Industrial Average, which is the Dow that everybody talks about, measured in gold instead of in U.S. dollars. And guess what I saw? This was a few months ago. What I saw was a chart where the Dow was not at an all-time high. It was lower than the previous all-time high. And right now, I'm guessing it might look like an all-time high in terms of gold. But again, like I've said before, that's only because the price of gold is, is just like these bonds and stock markets. It's being artificially manipulated to be the price they need it to be. My point is, is that whenever you measure something, you have two equations. You have, when you say the price of the Dow in dollars, 
That's the Dow Industrial Average today, like 25,000. But you can measure it against other things. In fact, on that note, another place you might want to look just for fun if you're surfing the web a little bit, it's a website called PricedInGold.com, I believe. I haven't looked at it lately. It's an interesting website. It'll give you a chart of prices priced in gold instead of priced in dollars, and you'll see some amazing charts. Something like the cost of a college education looks like it's really high, but priced in gold, it's not that high. In other words, 30 years ago when gold was, um, you know, three 200 an ounce, it was still 40000 a year to go to college. Now that gold is 1300 an ounce, it's still 40000 a year. I hope you've learned something today. I look forward to hearing from you. Harold Littlejohn, CPA, give me a call. We'll see you next time on Business Buzz. Have a great day. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed.